0: Hey everybody, my name is Danny Dumas, and I'm with my friend Tim Kramer, and this is the Earn Your Title Podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. Normally, this is when I'd ask Tim, "Hey, tell me about yourself," but I want to tell you why I wanted to be here with Tim. Um, He's a financial coach, and when you know when you're looking for something to get to improve yourself. You want to find somebody that is where you want to be. For instance, I would never, you know, trust a skinny chef. So uh, the reason I reached out to Tim is one, as you can see, if you're watching this online, we're uh, overlooking this beautiful lake. Uh, you can't see it, but there's a pool, nice green yard. This is, I'm in a beautiful house that Tim has, has made for himself and he, he's done well, but that's not why I'm here. they a lot of people. If you look on the lake today, there's houses all over and they're all really nice houses. And I know some people who are very wealthy and have done very well for themselves, but they're not home. And it's a Thursday, it's 10 o'clock and he's home. And the reason he's home is because him and his wife made a decision that their kids are going to be their priority. And he stayed home with his kids while they were little. And I think that's huge. So not only has he done well, but he is living out his priorities. He's living that my kids are important. So I'm going to stay home and take care of them. And that too, uh, you know, I'm sure you could do better financially <laughs> if you were at work, right? but that doesn't meet your goal. So I'm really interested in the, the coaching you offer. And I, I want that. I want to obviously do well money wise, but I don't want to get to the end and just have made a lot of money. I mean, I can make more money if I worked 80 hours a week, so help me understand like how a financial coach could help me get to where I want to be. And, and then we'll just kind of talk about the whole process. So what is the, maybe the difference between a coach and an advisor or a planner? What is, your, what is your take on that?
1: For sure. Well, just like you mentioned, and thanks for a great introduction. I got a little tear for a second there, but um, so I appreciate it. The main difference between a financial coach and an advisor, in my opinion, there are a lot of similarities for sure. They're going to talk about money is the first similarity, but a financial advisor, which I was prior to making the decision to stay home almost nine years ago, is going to take the money that you already have, and they're going to tell you what different things to do. They're going to talk about your goals a little bit, but it's all going to be financially and you know driven. So, there might be some as far as like what things you want to do with your life goals, you know those types of things. But just like you mentioned, when you want to really set your priorities on what you want to do with your life and have true financial freedom, we're going to cover all of that instead of just what to do with the money you have. Um, in a nutshell, that's that's what I see the difference as. So I can meet you where you are. If you're just getting started and you've never even balanced a checkbook or even know what a checkbook is, we can start there. If you are, man, I got so much money, I don't even know how to, to give generously. We could talk donor advised funds. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a very big gamut on what can be covered. And a financial advisor can do all of that too, I'll be honest. Um, so there, but the one thing that I feel like a coach is going to do is, and what my goal is, is to provide a lot of value and to make you feel good about where you're at already. Because we're all winning in some way financially. Some people might feel like, I am not winning at all, Tim. You don't know. But I guarantee I can find something that you're doing well with, and we can start from that point. So I'll meet you where you're at, and that's you know wherever it can be. And I think that's a big difference. When you're working with a financial advisor, at least when I was working in there, I mean, you're talking minimum amounts, quarter of a million dollars to even start so you're going to run into those a little bit on that too. And um, with a coach, it can get you to a different place that way.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. When I first started, I was a young man, 20 years old. And I like, you know, at some point, I'd like to stop working. And I actually went and reached out to a few people. Hey, I'm looking for a financial advisor. Well, I, you know, I was making $27,000 a year. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't have any assets. I was contributing to a pension and I called some places and like, yeah, let me put you in. And I talked to this guy. He's like, so, uh, you know, how much do you make a year? And I told him, he's like, I'm sorry, you have to have a minimum net worth of a million dollars. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I want to do that. Let me go get a million dollars. I will. And, and they wouldn't see me. now eventually they referred me to somebody who did, but I was a little put off. Like if I had a million dollars, I wouldn't need your help. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, like, so, uh, give me your take on this. What do you think about, um, so there, I see the world and finances and maybe personal finances. There's kind of two camps. One, you have the Dave Ramsey, uh, financial piece. Sure. Debt is the demon. It's all bad. And then maybe you have the other side, which is like a Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad. There's Mm -hmm. good debt versus bad debt. You know, use other people's money to make money. Where does your like financial philosophy lie in between those two extremes?
1: Well, I'm going to. My philosophy mainly been driven by my experience. So I'll give you that. I think you can win either way. That's mm-hmm. one thing that's really cool. And um, it, but it has a lot to do with your risk tolerance. I've seen even Dave Ramsey say a few times, like, hey, if you want to go finance, uh, you know, 15 rental properties, you can do that, but you're going to have a high level of risk. And if you can still sleep at night, you can win and maybe that accelerates it faster. But what happens when? You know the bank says, "Hey, I need you to pay this or or anything like that too." So it doesn't give you as much flexibility. My experience has been, when you're debt free, which I've been before, it's really, really cool, and it's amazing how much money you have when you don't pay out to anybody else. So that's kind of more my camp. But I think you can, you know, use money to make money and leverage and all that other stuff. I've I've worked with a lot of very successful people as a financial advisor, and. They were doing that. I mean, they they wouldn't pay off their house because the interest rate was three percent and they needed the tax deduction and all those games and everything like that too. And they're beating it you know at 10% in a market investment. So there is a lot of that, but you just got you're trading every time that way with how you feel as far as risk goes. So it really matters what your risk tolerance is. Some people love that game. Um, so I think that's one thing again, that's a nice coaching thing. My philosophy personally, and what I recommend is is more the the Dave Ramsey debt-averse, let's be financially free and not tied to anybody um cuz then you can do what you really want is my feeling but i've worked in the other gamut of it too i've done that a little bit personally i've bought a house with no money down and they gave me money at closing like those crazy loans i did that right. and um it didn't work as well in my opinion so that's where i'm at
0: in like say you're coaching somebody how do you help them determine where is the right balance? Like for for instance, I had an experience in my life where my brother, uh, my brother-in-law, excuse me, he was getting married and my wife's from South America and my, obviously my brother lives in South America and his wife, future wife, lived in Peru. Well, hopefully he only gets married one time and we had like a six-month head start to know and it was going to be a multiple thousand dollar vacation. You know, it was I don't know, five dollars or $6,000 for us just to get there as a family of four to fly there. And I realized, man, I don't have, I don't have the $7,000 it's going to take for this trip. And I put it on a credit card. Sure. And my thought was, well, one, I've taken my wife away from her country, so I'm going to try to get her back there as much as possible so we can stay married, but that that was an experience that I'll never be able to get back if I don't go. So we borrowed some money and it took me a year and a half to pay it off. Um, how do you help guys like me balance the, because I think that was a good decision. Looking back, I would do that again, but maybe, you know, I would say, Hey, you know, my family really wants to go to Disney. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to put that on credit cards because you you know, YOLO, right. You only live (laughs) once. And I, I, I struggle with that because I, in my job, I see people that die in their, you know, forties and fifties. Sure. And I think they probably wish they would have went to Disney world, but, but that's probably not a good investment cuz i can do, i can go to disney anytime hopefully my brother-in-law only gets married once the marriage is doing good so i think that that's a good call how do you help guys like walk through like if i if tim you're, you're my coach hey tim i don't know what to do i want to have experiences with my family like my son just turned 15 um, he's a, a he's a junior or a sophomore i get two more summers with him right how do you help, help me, like, figure out the risk of taking debt versus that? What is your process of walking me through good decisions, bad decisions versus versus you know delaying the future and just going to work and paying off debt? How do you how do you deal with that?
1: Right. Well, it's it's an excellent question, and what I usually say is, I think of every single dollar you spend as an investment versus a cost, and it sounds like a small thing to change your thinking that way, but the other thing we would do in that case is we would vet that out. And what I mean by that is let's, let's see what that cost would really be. Like if you have to put it on a credit card, you know, in a perfect world, just like you're saying, ideally I got the cash. I just pay for it, of course. But there's certain circumstances that not quite an emergency, but that's a life experience. They're only going to, you know, just, I exactly heard what you said that you're going to need to go there and it's only going to happen once. So we could put that on there and be like, Hey, am I going to have to, how long is it going to take me to pay that off? If you're doing a monthly budget, which I think is so freeing, you can see put a line item on there that's going to take me this long to pay that off. This is what I'm going to give up. Um, so there's an opportunity cost with every investment. The opportunity cost is what can't I do with that money now that it's gone? So just like buying a car, I'm like I'm I'm not anti brand new cars and all this other stuff. I'm anti you throwing all your money away. You know for for that car and is that really worth it? So let's when I say vet it out, let's see what the real cost is that gonna is gonna be for that. Like what things are you gonna be giving up in the future? And you would probably say, Danny, on that particular one, no problem, I got it. Let's say it costs you eight thousand dollars and you even pay some interest on the credit card, ends up costing you 10. Are you still in for 10? Then then go for it. Gotcha. That's kind of where I go with coaching and and like we were talking about before we started this a little bit, you know, I'm gonna ask you the questions and you get to make the decision. Versus me telling you what to do because I can say oh well it's real easy just don't even do it and tell them you know sorry I can't afford it right. like out of Dave Ramsey are yeah you a little bit
0: don't go into debt for you know, for anything there's
1: right. no you know deliver pizzas for the next six months and drive uber and do all right. this other stuff well you could do that too you know I mean that's an option we, we just want to look at our options and that's what a cool thing with a coach is it's a conversation versus you know a meeting and be like all right well where are we gonna pull it from this is what we can do like we'll do a little bit of that too but really talk about what is is it the value you want? You know, do you need the Starbucks every day? And should you have a storage unit? I hate Starbucks and storage units. Not really. I love Starbucks coffee, (laughs) but like the idea of it is like just killing, you know, America in terms of spending that amount of money. So. Uh,
0: You mentioned a budget. Maybe we can talk about some actual tactics here. What do you recommend? Like how, so I actually, I use the, uh, uh, you need a budget app, which Mm -hmm. is similar to like the every dollar app, but what I find that I am doing is I am just recording what I'm doing right. in, in the in the in the past, not making decisions in the future. I'm not using it, to, and that's it's designed to do that. Like it's designed to look at it and go, oh, "Can we go out to eat? Yeah, there's $45 in the go out to eat budget, which means you can go to like you know the food court maybe at 45 <laughs> right. bucks. If you go anywhere else, but like you have to sit down, you're spending 100. Sure. I what do you recommend as far as guys? Hey, you know what? I realized that I uh, need some help and a budget. Is that the first, is a budget the first step? Is that the I mean, first after the, our conversation maybe?
1: Sure. The, I'll talk about the budget. But yeah. the first step that I look at is I call it the easy money statement. Right. And what it is, is it's a hybrid of a personal financial statement. It's going to give you your financial net worth, not your net worth as an individual, because it might be negative. Right. And, but a financial net worth, because we got to have a place to start. Um, I try to not use a ton of analogies, but everybody knows the analogy of if you want to lose weight or get in better shape, the first thing you do usually is step on the scale, see where we are. Maybe you take a picture and you know put that in there too or whatever, but you want to see where you're starting. So I like to start with that. And all it basically is, is very, very simple. It takes all your assets and all your loans and liabilities, what you owe against that, and it calculates the total. Another way to think about it, which is why it's a hybrid and it's not a super fun conversation, but all of us are going to pay taxes and all of us are going to die. At some point, hopefully it's a long time from now, but if anybody's ever worked um, to work through an estate of a parent or a grandparent or even assisted with it, it's it's usually pretty messy, even if they're well-prepared. What this statement does, the easy money statement is not only provide a financial net worth, but it also provides a end of life document of all your stuff. Like if someone found that, if Danny found that in my drawer at this house right now, he would have a really good starting point on getting the money to where it needed to go and things like that too. So it serves that way as well. And then f- serves me as the coach, a checklist of, hey, have we talked about a will? Have we talked about life insurance? Have we done those things too? So it's all on one page. I'm a big one-page fan. If it needs to be seven pages because you got so much stuff, that's great. But I try and put it on one page so it's easy and simple because easy is the name of the game for, for me and the coaching. Then we go to the budget. And we usually end up most time with coaching, just like you're talking about, we're looking backwards, whether it's you're your online banking, you can click on that. and It'll put a nice little pie together. This is where you spend your money, all that other stuff. I don't want to look back. The goal is we want to get there where we're spending the dollars in advance on paper, the way we want to spend it. So we're not trying to see what we got left at the end of the month. We want to be very intentional on where that goes. So then we can save first. We can, we can do all those different things. And we want to make sure that we're very intentional with the money because I've seen people that manage money well, and I've seen people that don't manage money well, and the flow of money seems to be very related to go from the people that don't manage it well to the people that do manage it well. So I want to be ones, one of the ones that manages it well. So for me personally, my family, we've done, um, I do it on Excel. I'm a little old school that way. I don't do it on pen and paper, so it's actually on the computer. I don't use an app, but I'm not anti to any of that. Whatever works for your preference, but you need to do it in advance and you need to spend every dollar you're going to make. Sometimes that's tricky with different incomes and things like that, and we can talk about that in more detail if you want. But yeah. there's ways to handle that too.
0: So, so when you're sitting down with a client, you said, "Okay, here's here's the budget." And is initially just these are your expenses. Write them all out, and then I guess so. So we have developed a budget. How do we go back in and say, "Okay, I've got uh, you know I've got six thousand dollars on my car left to pay," and I realize that I'm spending. Uh, $700 I'm going out to eat Starbucks all those things where do you is it part of your process to go and help them me see that hey you could do better here here and here because at some point you have to spend less money than you make right or you're going in the wrong direction what does that process look like of you know getting out of debt maybe saving money or you know is it hey man just go to work you should go to work more like how does <laughs> that because that I, that's my my take on when I need more money is usually not I'm going to do less. It's I'm sure. going to work more and that's not always good because that's saying no to my family. Yep. So how does what is your take on, you know, like moving getting cuz I think there's to me there is getting out of debt and then getting wealthy. Those are like you get someone to zero and yes. then from zero once you're out of debt or or at least we'll call it bad debt maybe, consumer debt, right? Then you can go higher than that. What is your process taking someone from you know the young guy who's newly married, maybe got money from student loans, your wedding, you financed, and you got a car. How does that process look? How do you get them to back to zero so they can become wealthy?
1: Well, a lot of it's going to talk about um, when we sit down original meeting. We're going to talk about what's some of their financial goals because they're going to be different for everybody. Some might say, "Man, I I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I don't know what to do." And 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 we got to develop a time frame on there that's acceptable and say like, "Hey." I usually say, well, if we sat down again in three years, Danny, right? What would make you happy? You know, in terms of financially, like where where would you be? Like, man, I'd be excited if I was here. And let's start with that, okay? Because I think a lot of it is like, yeah, I should budget. Yeah, I should eat better. Yeah, I should exercise more. But you got to have a why behind it. You really do. And if you don't, it's just not going to stick. And hopefully, the why is not that you got so unhealthy, you had a heart attack or something like that. Now you're going to get healthy. You did the same thing as, you know, that's an analogy, of course, but like financially, you don't want to wait till, man, I'm such a mess. I got, I'm going to lose my house or or something like that. We don't want to wait till then to get better. So, but we do need some motivation of it. And the motivation has to be like, you know, I want to be able to have more time with my kids. I don't want to have to work a second job anymore. Mm. I know lots of people that, you know, they're super hard workers and they're just like, I'll just make more money. just like you're saying. Right. And and that's fine too. That's great. If as long as it's, I think as long as it's short term, if right. you're willing to do that. So again, just the, it'll just be the timing almost like, Hey, is this a value to put this wedding on my credit card? Cause I don't have the cash. Well, that can be also and you know, one of your goals be like, I don't want to have to do that again. You know, I remember the last car that I financed. Well, I have a kind of a funny story on on one if you want to go through it, but yeah. um the 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 last one we did kind of I like had to run all over the place, you had to get a check, you had to do this. We didn't have the money for it. So you had, you know, you you financed the car, right? It was a car for my wife, and I think I made three trips to the dealership and two to the bank and all this other stuff, and then we paid interest on it and all that other stuff. So I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like I just it just fed me up I don't want to I don't want to deal with this process let alone it wasn't even the payment it wasn't that stuff as much it was like this is just someone telling me what to do I don't like it so the funny story is recently last December the kids broke us down and said hey we really want a minivan my kids are six and nine and they're like I can push the button we can have a (laughs) tv back there and I was like, you know what, for road trips or something, that'd be really handy. They're back there watching their movies, being entertained. Oh, yeah. I had a little experience with that with my grandparents when I was growing up, yeah. so let's relive it. So we did that. We go to the dealership. I'll even tell you the number. So it was like I think it was forty-two thousand dollars. This used van was, and we're like, all right, well we want it. I'll give you thirty-eight. And the guy's like, all right, well let me go check, you know, with the manager or whatever right, yeah. and I, I hate that. Yeah, just yeah. tell that, that, me. This you game, know, you you can know, tell yeah, me. exactly. You know the bottom. But um, so he comes back and I was like, I'm just going to pay for it. And he's like, all right, great. So he comes back. He's like, well, I can do 40, but you have to finance it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, the bank gives us so many cars and like, we have to give them so many deals back or they won't supply cars or or something like that. Yeah. I'm not explaining it well. Cause I didn't even take the time to understand that. But I was like, so I need to finance it for, for you to do it. And they said, yeah, basically. So you can see where that just leads people into problems and things like that. I did it to save like the two grand right. and then I paid it off like five days later. I probably going back wouldn't have done that because I ended up, you know, having to run the title to the secretary of state and do this and do that. And it, it ended up being kind of a, uh, a goofy thing. I still saved a little bit of money, but right. not that much. And then it was funny too. Also a little bit funny because they came back and the finance manager. You could see was kind of nervous. He's like, Mr. Kramer. um, Well, you actually came back as high risk. And I was like, well, that's all right. He's like, your credit score's great. Your income's great. Right. He's like, but you haven't had, we don't have any record of you having an auto loan. It's all fallen off. So you don't have any history of making auto loan payments on your credit report. So it was like 10 and a quarter percent. I was like, that's fine. And he was right. like, seemed so relieved. Like he right. was sweating. I was going to say, oh, no way. And I didn't care because I'm paying it off. But it was just funny. Like that was, to me, that was like a, a win. Like oh, yeah. I don't even have a record of I'm it. I'm so I was proud that, of that I can
0: earn I can get a ten percent interest rate exactly. on exactly. Like,
1: like, so that's the reward. It's like two two things that Danny was crazy. You're it, like you got a it, discount for financing, right. and you're going to pay ten and a quarter percent. I mean that I don't remember the number, but a forty thousand dollar car is, if I took that whole time was going to be fifty. And I'm like that's the stuff I was talking about earlier. Let's vet this out. Is it really worth it? You know to, and, to finance. You know it.
0: this is a different conversation, but that is messed up. It is. It that's is the way our world is s- now. Someone who had like I, I, not to the same extent when I was young, I was. I had a job, I had zero debt. I was making more money than any of my friends as a 20-year-old because they were all in college. Sure. And me, I wanted a laptop. Me and my buddy went to Circuit City, and he was going to get one too because he was in college. And I went and I said, uh, I'd like to, oh, I said, you know what? I'm going to finance it because I don't have any credit. I want to buy a house. I thought yeah. this would be good. And so I'm like, I'm going to finance it. They would not give me financing. I had the, it was like $1,200. I had the $1,200 in my pocket. Yeah. And I just thought I'll finance it kind of like you. I'll get some, you know, In which looking back, I didn't really need to do that. My buddy who was probably $50,000 in debt already with student loans, they gave it to him. No problem. They would not finance me. I had to use the cash in my pocket. That is messed up. I think that's why we're as americans we're in debt because it's easy and, and it's actually encouraged um but i, I want to go back because you mentioned your wife and going to getting a car and like you know maybe marriage guys are getting ready to get married gonna put this on a credit card how do you will you just if, if it's a husband wife will you only cut coach one person or do you require both of them to be together because i've found that when me and my wife are on different pages <laughs> that is a book that's hard to read you know So, um, Tim, you mentioned, you know, like a wedding or going to get a car. Those were decisions you made with your spouse, your wife. Uh, that's, that could be a challenge. Like my wife has got a, she grew up with a different look at money, the way her parents talked about money or didn't talk about money or argued about money. Like there's, you're obviously, as most of us are part of a relationship. How do you deal with two people in your coaching practice with, you know, getting people on the same page? What does that look like? If I'm if I'm a spender, she's a saver. How does that work? How do you, what's, what's the conversation you can have with your significant other if you want to change? Because it's going to be a change. If you're going down one road, you know, we borrow, we live without thinking about it. We don't budget. We don't talk about money. How do you make that transition to doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And I'm incredibly blessed that um, Jamie, my wife, is, you know, very similar way of thinking, similar way as far as managing money. So it's it's been easier that way. But from early on stage, we, we, we're both into setting goals, whether it's financial and or other goals too. And we'll set them and sometimes it's a new year's Eve thing. Sometimes it's, you know, even earlier than that, ideally. And we'll sit down and talk about what they are. And it's really fun from, you know, to understand what she wants and everything's like that too. So I think you have to have some common goals. And if we're only talking finance, then obviously common financial goals. Right. And then, um, ideally you're you know when I'm sitting with people I'm with both of them but we can do either one but if if somebody comes and sits and does all this work and and everything too and the person the other person at home is gonna just completely burn it up right. then we're not going to get very far so you have to I mean there's just no way around it you have to have the buy-in of both if you're sharing finances which I recommend right. it's much more powerful because you know you, you instantly have an accountability partner and um, you know that can really be helpful plus in marriage I feel like you should be sharing everything and the person should know about the different stuff. One's going to probably take the lead a little more than the other. I right. always write the budget cause I'm the the nerd that likes to do that. Right. Um, but every single month, every single month and we've been married almost 13 years, we've looked at it together and now it takes literally four to five minutes. Right. Um, but it didn't always take that. And when you have more money, it takes a little less time cause you don't have to be quite as tight with different things, which is a great place. And that's where I want everybody to get. Right. But early on, before we were even married, we, we said, all right, this is how much we're going to spend on the wedding. My mom gave a little bit. Her dad gave a little bit. So we kind of, and then we said we got to make up this nugget and pour because we're not going into debt for it. Right. That's what we decided. So we had a common interest there. Um, if you have a crazy spender and a crazy saver, you got to you know somewhere meet in the middle. But it can be difficult. So there's definitely some coaching that goes into that. But you have to find some common goals on it. Right. Early on, two things that I would say on that with with money and marriage. First of all. If you can get to an agreed upon budget, taking finance out of the opportunity to fight over things is really nice. So if we can get on the same page and get a system going there and money isn't something we fight about, that's great. Because then you can argue who squeezes the toothpaste in the middle or whatever, right? <laughs> right, right. Get to the important stuff. Right, right. Um,
0: How to load the dishwasher.
1: Exactly. So I really that's one thing I was like, my goal is to get you guys to a place where this isn't a fight, it's a conversation. So maybe I say I want a new boat, which we talk a lot about in my household, somewhat jokingly, somewhat <laughs> not. But like, all right, well fine, just put the plan together. Right. Like how much you gonna need, how much you gonna spend, different things of like that too. And then then it's it's done. Like we're done talking about that. Or or maybe it's like when we you know, we're going to pay off the house and then we can do this Disney vacation. And we're not only going to do it, we're going to do it with those guys that walk you around. You don't wait in lines, you know, whatever the case may be. So those are the fun conversations. Like have the dream vacations and dream conversations. What's that look like? And that'll hopefully get both people motivated. That's usually what I say, but eliminating those money fights is, is, or at least minimizing them is really cool. The last thing I'd say is when you do a budget, I strongly recommend to do like what we call a blow category. So, you know, I, back in the day, it was like 50 bucks each. I could do whatever I wanted with that. I was like even more of a saver and this is how annoying I am with money. But like, I still have the $50 probably from, from 10 years ago, you know, (laughs) but like, right. right, Or something like not always that way, but like, just, you got to have some freedom on there where the other person, I don't want to have to check with my wife to spend X amount. And we kind of had that number too. And that changes as your financial position changes as well. Like, if if your spouse came home right now and said, "Oh, I just spent two thousand dollars," are you going to be like, "What?" You know, right. or is that is that fine? Right. You know, what's the number on there? I think that's a good thing to have. So those three points, it's going to eliminate your money fights. You got to have some common goals together, and then having some flexibility on that for each person to have some of their own interest because you know the the purse might not be important to me, but the golf clubs might be. So right. you got to have those separate things. I think.
0: I got this is kind of maybe a tactics question. What do you see? You know, pros and cons versus uh, joint accounts, uh, separate accounts. I, I work with a bunch of guys, and it's very surprising to me how many guys say, "Oh, my wife pays for this. My wife pays for this. I pay for this. I pay for this, and we pay for that." So they're they have separate accounts and a joint account, and they pay. And like to me, that would be very confusing. Like, sure. And they talk about it like that's my wife's car because she pays for it. Well, you, I'm like, dude, you pay for it, <laughs> whether it's her account or your. How, what's your take on? uh, you know, making that work or how do you do it? What would you recommend if you had like a newlywed couple trying to figure out, Hey, how do we combine our two lives together?
1: I strongly, strongly recommend you putting everything together. Um, if you have a separate account, like we ran into this, it sounds kind of funny, but we, this little bit of, I call it blow money, that little money I was talking about that used to go and still does actually, even today goes into separate accounts. Like I have one that Jamie's like the beneficiary on if something happens to me, but it's, you know, we don't keep a lot of money in there anyway, but you, you might need, guys, you might need a debit card and you don't want to like run through the flowers through the account and she gets a notification that flowers are coming before they arrive. So, yeah. or buying even Christmas gifts, whatever the case may be. We use a lot of cash in our household, so that's not really as traceable. But like there are times where you order something online, that's kind of the way of the world now and right. you need a card. So I think having a separate account for that little bit of money or something is good, not to keep the bad secrets, but right. hopefully it's just good stuff. Right. And um, then you, then you have, again, some freedom, some autonomy that way. But the majority of it, I mean, the vast majority needs to be together is, is not only my recommendation, but I would I'm not saying I wouldn't coach somebody that does that, but like it's a stronger urge than not using a credit card or anything like that is it really needs to be together. Cause I feel like if it's not what what's happening is we're just avoiding a conversation that probably needs to take place. Um, between the spouses. And I'm not a marriage counselor or right. coach, but like, that's, that's what my experience has been is, you know, that's why she has the car because I'm not in agreement that she should have a BMW or, or whatever the case would be. A lot of times that's why those things come about.
0: For sure. Uh, I listened to the Dave Ramsey podcast, which is really good. If you never heard it, I'm amazed at how many times there'll be a fight. And the guy or the wife says, I had no idea we were $80,000 in debt. Like, what hey, are like, what are you talking about? How do you not know that? But, you know, one person sticks their head in the ground, and it's a failure on both sides. Sure. One guy sticks their head in the ground, says, I'm going to work. I give my wife the paycheck. The, the wife's drowning because she can't afford the payments, but they never talked. That just, it blows my mind that that is, that is a thing, that you could not not know to that extent. That's, that's really crazy to me. And you said you're not a marriage coach, but I imagine... In a way, you are your relationship coach. And it's the relationship with money. And sure. we know that the number one cause of divorce is usually money problem. Actually, it's the second. You know what the number one cause is?
1: No, it just changed, though, I think. It's I heard marriage. It. <laughs> right.
0: Marriage <laughs> is the number one cause. I think money is the second, right? It's way up there. So I think having you know the ability, and that's, I think that's something we always struggle with. Because for me, it's hard to get away from like money. Where you spend your money is who you are. You know, it is, it is the outward representation of your beliefs, your morals, you know, all those things of, and it's because it's just your time. I read a really good book. um, It's called Die With Zero. And it talked about, you know, leaving a legacy and like you're trading your life. He called it life energy for money. And if you die and you had, let's say an extra $300,000, that money was waste that your life energy was wasted. You didn't need it at the end of your life. And he's like, obviously we have to you know, have enough money for food and all those things. He's like, but the way you spent your life probably was wasted if you didn't die with zero. And obviously that's uh, metaphorical zero, <laughs> right. you know, like to be able to time it so that you run out of your last penny on the day you die would be perfect. And and cause his take would be like, Hey, you would have given your kids money in their thirties, their inheritance when they needed it, when they're first starting a family and all these things. So I think that, you know, while money is just a small topic, it means so much, and I think that's why, you know, people are hesitant to like maybe even reach out to a coach. What, what do you say to that person that is like maybe ashamed, like man, I am so far in debt, I've made all these bad decisions, and I feel like I'm a bad person? What's your what's your message to that person?
1: Yeah, it's a that's a great point, and it is a difficult thing. That's what I'm you know overcoming when I was a financial advisor, back to when I was in banking, whatever the case may be. Um, money is a very emotional thing. And in the Bible, it talks about the, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the right. love of money. Right. Well, love is the strongest emotion out there, right? So if we can remove the emotion from money and make it a tool and you put it on paper and every month it's just already spent, then you don't have the emotion tied to it. You don't have the emotion on that. So that's what really we're, our goal with our budget is. It's not to be restrictive at all. It's actually to be very freeing, to know where that's going. Um, so that's, that's a lot of it with the coaching process. And then I just think that there's so many things you can do really, really well with it. And again, when you have the goals on it, when you, um, spend the dollars before they come in, it removes that, that emotion. That's such a strong tie to, to the money. And, you know, money's, it is really fun to have anybody that tells you different is, is not telling you the truth. Right? Like it's, it's funner to go on vacation when you have some money. Um, but why do people, you know, what, what advice would I give or why do people not reach out to coach? It's exactly like he talked about. There's, they feel like they're not doing well. Well, let me tell you something. America just passed the $1 trillion mark in credit card debt. 1 trillion. I mean, and credit cards are not really all that old of a thing. I mean, you know, we have people, a lot of people alive that credit cards were not invented when they, you know, grandparents of ours and things right. like that. They didn't, that wasn't even an option. So we've went from that to, you know, a trillion in, in just a short time. And that's partly because costs have gone up so much lately and everything too. So I think everybody partly they feel like they know stuff about money because you you hear about it so much. So everybody feels like they have an idea. Like you said, everybody has a philosophy. I'm not trying to change anybody, on how the things, but I just want to tweak their philosophy, make sure that we, again, see where, does it match up with what your true philosophy is or do we need to to work on that some? So reaching out to a coach can be scary. Just even talking to somebody about something is is scary financially because they might say, man, that's not how you should do it. Nobody wants to hear they're doing it wrong. And especially money because people work really, really hard. And that's the first thing I'd say, like you work too hard to not manage it well. So a coach can just help you with that. I don't think, I haven't heard anybody tell me like, oh man, that fee is so high to have a coach. In fact, my goal is when I sit down the first time is I'm looking for the fee that I usually charge right out of the gate, like saving through. Maybe it's a subscription you don't use. I'm not telling you you have to cancel Netflix if you watch it every night. Keep it; you're using it. But there's a lot of stuff we're not even using. And like, you know, a great example has been like a homeowner policy for insurance and your auto policy, and like you can just call them and say like, Hey, I'm I feel like I'm paying too much. I'm going over my budget. Is there any discounts? You just tell your agent that, and almost every good agent will say, "Man, you haven't called in years, Danny. and You've been right. a good client. I'll give you a thousand dollars off a year." I mean, it's it's crazy. Try it. Try just try it. Say you're thinking about shopping it out, and you want to start with you because you have a relationship, and they will find you some money. That's and that's that's again my goal when I sit with some. So I want to eliminate that like right. any cost on there too. In fact, I mean, I'll I'll do a lot of them. If you're listening to this podcast and you tell them that you want to. Um, that you listen to the Danny Dumas podcast. I'll do it for free for you. I mean, it, it doesn't it's not really what I'm doing it for. I want to help people change their financial lives the way they think about it so they can enjoy what was really important to them, not going to work. Um, so I guess the last thing I'd say on why they're nervous to reach out or or the the fear of it is, They either don't know the person, but then when you get to know the person, I don't want the person that knows me to know about it. So, you know, you think about, I don't trust anybody but a friend to talk about something important to me, but then now I don't really want to tell my friends what my financial situation is. You can see the problem there, right? right? Right. So you just have to be willing to like take back the hood and say, take the emotion off the money. And it's just money. That's all it is. Everybody's made mistakes with it. Everybody's done it wrong. Everybody, there isn't one exception. Nobody's done it perfectly and we can learn from each other even, but that's, I'm going to share a lot of my knowledge has come from my own mistakes and it's come mainly from clients and 25 years of customers and, and, um, clients, what they've done and, you know, well and not well. And I've learned more from the mistakes I've seen people make than, and myself included than anything else. So that was a very long answer. I apologize, no, but, no, that's good. um, that's, that's a lot of it. I think.
0: So as kind of we uh, you know wrap this up a little bit, give me the the steps of 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 your, you meet with somebody and you work. These are the things we're going to work on. And then we're going to come back. Like so, take someone for maybe let's call it the the newlywed with twenty thousand dollars in debt. Uh, take them to get to zero, and then take them to wealth through a financial plan. Just maybe just the highlights, so they can see what the journey looks like towards financial freedom from. Uh, you know, I got a little bit of debt. I'm going to work through it. Like, you know, take me through that step by step. So if they don't have access to a coach, sure. um, Maybe someone they could do it on themselves. Although I would highly recommend getting help, right? We've, you would never go play a sport without a coach. You would never do all these, you would never try to self-diagnose your cancer. You know, you you would always go to someone, to an expert. So I would recommend a coach. Uh, But yeah, just take us through the steps of getting out of debt to becoming, you know, financially independent, what that looks like over the course of a 10 to 20 year period. Just a brief oversight.
1: Sure. Well, I'll just use my own example a little bit. Um, You know, again, we were really good, Jamie and I, at setting financial goals and other goals too but like the financial goals like where do we want to be if you don't know where you're going then you know it's pretty hard to develop the path on how to get there so that's i think step 1 and you can obviously do that all on your own if you're like hey I want to be a millionaire i mean it's got to be within reason of course right or like if if you want to own a yacht and all that other stuff i think that's great too but let's start with kind of where you're at right and make it attainable in the next 5 to 10 years or maybe 20 like you right. mentioned Danny so developing those financial goals, the next step, whether it's with me or, you know, by yourself, and you can Google personal financial statement or whatever, just do it pen and paper, but you just take everything that you own, whether it's, I do stuff with titles. So like, you're not going to, you know, put your, your uh, push lawnmower that was $150 at Sears or, or anything like that on there. But, um, I mean, you can, if you really want to, but, things with actual title. So if somebody had to sell all your stuff and then pay off everybody they owed, then what's that look like? So you have a starting point. Like, am I negative? A lot of people are. They're in in a negative position because they buy depreciating assets as opposed to appreciating assets. And then we got a starting point. And then we need to start controlling each month where your money goes. And that's going to be a a written budget or an, an app, whatever the case may be. But I strongly recommend doing it prior to the month starting versus looking back on how you did. You're going to do that as well, especially early on my experience has been the first three months, the first 90 days is kind of tricky. It's going to take a little time. You're going to invest a little bit of time to after that. It's pretty much like, oh yeah, that worked last month, but you're going to have no idea if you've never done it, how much money you spend going out to eat or, or anything like that too. So, um, the other thing that I look at when I sit with everybody and someone else can do this, and I mentioned it just before, but You know, look at all those subscriptions. You can just go to your phone and see how many things are renewing, whether it's, again, your Netflix to your, um, you know, a password keeper on the phone or Audible. We talked about Audible earlier. I love Audible. I use it all the time. It's $15 a month and I'm happy to pay it. Um, So you kind of review those different things too. And then you can really start seeing, I recommend doing the personal financial statement at least once a year early on you might do it more because that number should be going in the positive direction. And it's really, really cool. Like if your goal is to be a millionaire, then you can start seeing like, Oh, am I on the trajectory? Am I not? Those things alone will, will really get you a, a long ways.
0: Cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, so, so you come up with a plan, you write your plan out, basically your budget, and then you execute your plan. That that sounds like kind of what you're 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 telling me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to make it as easy as possible, and you know, almost impossible, easy to succeed, right. almost you know, a lot harder to fail. So
0: the the cool thing I think about money is that it is a tangible thing. It's not a it's not just a random idea. Like you can see, right. if I do this, then X probably will happen, and I will get that. And I think that's that's exciting. We're like something sometimes, like with health man, you don't necessarily know, you know, we're a pretty complex creature. Money is it's numbers. That's pretty cool. Any, um, any resources for people as far as books they should read, uh, technology that maybe can help them get through this, that, uh, any resources we could give to the listeners?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a million money books of course out there and stuff like that. Some of the things that the few of the people that I like and listen to pretty regularly, uh, you mentioned it and his name's come up multiple times is Dave Ramsey. I, you know, you don't have to agree with everything, but man, if you did follow his stuff, there's whether people bash him on different stuff or not, but if you followed his procedures, you're, you're going to be doing better. Yeah. And he's also, he's, he's entertaining, you know, to, to listen to. He, he definitely knows the stuff he's passionate about. it. It's so it's fun to talk to people or or not really talk to, but like to listen and see people like that. I would say anything by, by him in general is great. Um, and in terms of, that just keeps you, you know, motivated on it and everything too. But then you have to find like what, what speaks to you on right. there. Like I'm not going to say to recommend to, you know, read about an options book or, you know, stock right. options book or something unless you're really into that. Cause I wouldn't care about reading it. Right. So I think that that's, that's part of it too. And then I think, you know, finding whether it's your spouse or, or another family, just, you know, like a teammate, like when you have coaches, like I played basketball and things right. like that. I mean, all the good basketball teams, you never saw a team play in the, you know, NBA that doesn't have a coach. Right. And they all have teammates and they lean on each other. So I think, you know, maybe finding another person to take the journey with and things like that too can be great. But just the pen and paper and literally saying, "What do I want?" And I think the 3 year, you can even do 5, but I think 3 is really good. Like, what would excite me in 3 years? The reason I say 3 years is cuz most situations in America, if they really buckle down and they do a lot of the good things and focus hard on the paying off they can usually pay off debt and things like that within 3 years. So if that's what your goal is, that's where you're at, then usually that's that's doable in that time frame.
0: Awesome. Uh where can people uh, get a hold of you if they like, "Hey man, I need some help. You seem like a cool dude, great coach." <laughs> uh how how can I get a hold of you?
1: Well, my I'm on Facebook is the main thing right now and it's under Easy Money Coaching. So if you search Easy Money Coaching on Facebook, you should find it there, I think. I'm not the super tech savvy, but also you can you know email me. Um, we can either add it to the link or text, call, whatever you want to do. Uh, my email is TWKramer, C-R-A-M-E-R, at yahoo.com. I'm happy to answer any questions um, and everything like that too. And then text or even just a quick conversation, phone call, 248 835 nine six one zero. So I'm happy to help um, get you excited. And again, like my goal on that is to, to put you in a better position and find stuff you're already doing right. So you get excited about it instead of feeling ashamed.
0: Well, that's awesome. And if you're driving, uh, don't write that down. I will link it in the <laughs> show notes. And again, this is the earn your title podcast. And I ask you to do two things, put this stuff into action. And if you like this, uh, go to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review. It will help. I appreciate it. And remember, if you want to earn your title, you got to put it into action. So go up, and earn your title every day. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Bye.